When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I call the CFO on the phone and I'm like, uh, he's saying that you took about $200,000 of cash out of his account, put it in the company account. So he's like, oh yeah, I just had to put some cash in there, you know, just to keep the book to hit payroll for the month. Please help me understand how the f we just did $1.8 million last month and we got to borrow 200 grand from a founder. My have a hard time taking an entrepreneur seriously unless they've been through their first war. Mm -hmm. Like if they haven't been through war, they're not battle tested yet. Mm -hmm. right. And when everything is good and easy and the markets are all up, everything and everybody's easy. winning, everything it's easy, easy to feel yeah. like you got the Midas touch, yeah. right? 100%. But when it, when it all comes crashing down, um, how do you rise up out of the ashes? Yeah. That's the real entrepreneur how do you to me. Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Kay Alakanai. Hey, hey. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Nice little Las Vegas day. Yeah. You know, it's we're we're enjoying it's mid-June-ish, mm -hmm. and we're still not, you know, hotter than the devil's ass crack. Yeah, so I wonder nice. why that is. Have we hit a hunter yet? No. Not yet. That's, That's a record. Yeah. I'm sitting outside of my, on the deck every morning having a cigar, oh, just enjoying so nice. these last few days that you can <laughs> yeah, do that. It's so nice outside. It has yeah. been nice. Yeah. Summers here are brutal. So what'd you pull up in today? Mm. Where'd you drive here? We going there? Yeah, we going I, there. Uh, I took my fiance's Cullinan. Mm. Yep. Wow. So your fiance be balling too. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> it's fiance's I, I got to buy her some, some nice stuff too, you know? A Cullinan, that's big. <laughs> that's more than big. That's... <laughs> Cullinan is big. You feel that? When that pull up, they definitely ain't no damn Escalade. Yeah. Well, so I have a Lambo. Mm -hmm. Right, that like one? that's like my 2022 Huracan Evo. Oh, okay, okay. So I wanted to, I wanted to have something. I mean, it's my daily. Yeah. But so and then the we had she the had a range. The Huracan is daily. Yeah, the Huracan's a daily. Wow. But she had a range, mm -hmm. and like I really wanted a Cullinan, so it took a long time to convince her that a Cullinan's amazing. And then mm -hmm. I got her in the car, and then she loved it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, babe, I, I just really feel like I have to get this for you. And so now I have to borrow her car when I want <laughs> to take the Cullinan. Ah. I, I like Cullinans. They're let's, sexy. Let's dive into how you made all this money. So where did you get started and walk me through it? Yeah, uh, I started out in my industry now, um, 2012, I got into affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, by uh, within about seven or eight months or so, I had quit my job. I was working at a coffee shop at the time for like minimum wage basically in Hawaii. Uh, so quit the job, had my first five figure month. That was April, 2013. And then kind of the rest is history. And over the next couple of years, made my first million as an affiliate marketer. Mm. And then most of the time, um, I was hit up, like most conversations I was having at the time were people asking me like to show them what I was doing and how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I had like released some smaller courses on like Facebook advertising, um, copywriting, um, email marketing, things like this. And eventually that kind of just grew into a coaching business, which is what it is now. Nice. Um, so uh, right now we sell training on affiliate marketing to like very, very beginner level people, people mm. that are just really just 
just starting to get their feet wet right. in the industry. And you've yeah. scaled out and done over $100 million in revenue. Yeah, we've done $100 million in the coaching business. Um, 200 millionaires back to back. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's since 20... We launched in November of 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, we scaled that up pretty quickly. I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. <laughs> but we got that scaled up to a million a month within four months Jeez. of launching. Yeah. How did you do that? What's what's the, is that? Is it a secret or is it hey, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a secret. I think it's just yeah. a matter of like, well, one, you got to consider that I cut my teeth at like the hardest part that a business deals with right Right. so as an affiliate marketer i'm generating customers for somebody else's offers Mm -hmm. right whatever their products or services are and then i get paid a commission Mm -hmm. and that's where most businesses struggle is in the customer acquisition Mm -hmm. component of their business so because i knew that once we had our own products to roll out i knew how to get customers much better than i knew how to fulfill for customers quite honestly and so uh, for me, it was just a matter of like, doing the numbers. We just knew the numbers really well. So mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I can afford to pay uh, on customer acquisition. And I know when I'm gonna get a return on that, like when I'm gonna get liquid on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we just started to scale up the advertising, you know, basically, basically as quickly as we could. Mm-hmm. So we got to about $30,000 a day of ad spend uh, within about four months. That's wow. crazy. So what is that? A month? That's a million a month, right? Yeah. No, we, we're spending a million a month on mm-hmm. ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout out to today's sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They do all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep, pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with step-by-step recipe cards that are pictured. I used to suck at cooking, but HelloFresh makes it very easy to cook. They also save you money. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. If you order food a lot or you grocery shop a lot, HelloFresh is there to save you money and time. I value my time a lot. That's why I'm a fan of HelloFresh. I cook it with my fiance every week. Our favorite meals are the chicken orzo, the salsa verde enchiladas, and they got so many more options for you guys. Check out their site. Let me know your favorite recipes in the comments below. If you want America's number one meal kit, go to hellofresh.com slash 50DSH for 50% off and free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash 50DSH and use code 50DSH for 50% off plus free shipping. Let me know what you guys order in the comments below. Can't wait to see it. Peace. By the end of, actually that didn't take four months. So we got to a million a month in ad spend, I think May or June of 2017. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, and we were paying, at the time we were paying a $500 acquisition for a $99 buyer. So we're paying $500 to get somebody to spend 99 bucks with us. But we knew on the back end, within about 60 to 90 days, on average, we were getting about 1,000 to 1,500 wow. in return, right? Uh, so yeah, we scaled it up pretty quick. Now in hindsight, I was paying too much on customer acquisition because being an affiliate marketer, I had never really taken into account like the whole fulfillment costs mm-hmm, and right. all these other things, right? It was just li- literally dollar in dollar yeah, out because yeah. I don't have any fulfillment expenses in a, as an affiliate. Yeah. But as the team started to grow and um, fulfillment costs started to grow and all these sorts of things, then you know that was no longer really like sustainable yeah. um, long term. So, so what was your ROI the first month that you uh, spent a million on advertisements? That first month that we did a million on ad, oh, a million on ads? Yeah, so when you, your first month of spending a million on ads, what was your ROI that, that first month? Well, he lost money, I think. Well, no, 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 no I mean, not yet. Think about it, he's spending. 2018, yeah, oh, man, you, yeah, you looked up some stuff. Yeah, 2018, <laughs> we started like losing money. But um, 2017, we were spending a million dollars on ads doing about one point eight to maybe two million dollars a month high end 
Mm-hmm. Um, so again, really not taking into account all the other expenses in the business. 2017 was like really profitable for us. <coughs> I want to say we did about 19, we did just shy of $20 million 2017. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to recall all the numbers in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think profit that year was like somewhere around $5 million. Mm, so, that's a lot. Not too bad. Not bad. No, at all. no, that's not bad. I mean, he, uh, the months, it just, I mean, spending a million dollars a month. I mean, he's in on average, he said, it was, you know, kind of breaking yeah, in between solid. five to 800. So yeah. you're kind of breaking even certain months too, right? Later on, yeah, later yeah, on, we yeah. start to break even as mm-hmm. like the company got more bloated. Yeah. And there was more overhead. Then so how did you no pivot? longer that CPA? Yeah. Uh, was going to work for us. Yeah, how did you pivot in 2018 when the returns started getting lower? So this is an interesting story, man. Mm -hmm. This is like the dark side of uh, entrepreneurship. I love it. A lot of people don't want to talk about. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, so November of uh, 2017. So October of 2017, we had run a promotion that month. So that was Mm -hmm. our first $3 million month in revenue. November of 2017, I'm looking at the bank accounts and I'm like, how is cash sliding backwards over these last couple of months? And especially when we just had like the biggest month that we had right. in terms of uh, uh, revenue. So I reach out to the CFO and I'm like, hey, you need to like help me understand how this cash is sliding backwards because you're showing me these profits on all these you know, on your presentations every week, but it's not. I'm not seeing cash in the bank account grow. Um, the CFO. And by the way, that's using the term CFO. Oh my God, I have some funny stories for you guys <laughs> that I've probably never shared publicly. Mm-hmm. But um, let's just say that that title was being used used loosely on this person. Right. Uh, and my business partner at the time had brought him in because, I'm, for whatever reason, like he really liked the guy. So he, uh, being having a background in fin- in finance, and me not. Really, he just started kind of like making excuses, talking over my head, putting together PowerPoint presentations and kind of showing stuff. And I'm like, that, that all is cool, bro. But I'm just looking at cash in the bank. Like, yeah. I just want to know where the cash is going. Mm-hmm. Um, he began to kind of hide behind my business partner at the time, uh, which made it hard for me because we were kind of sharing the CEO role in the organization. So, you know, when two people are in charge, really nobody's in charge. So he began to hide behind my business partner. I, I didn't really have a way to, to nail him down uh, as a result of that. So what I started doing is like negotiating the CEO contract for myself going into 2018. Mm-hmm. So by March of 2018, I had secured my contract as CEO. And immediately the first thing that I did was start going to that guy and trying to find out what was happening with the finances in the business. Mm. Um, what ends up happening <clears throat> is uh, I get on a call this is early April of 2018. I get on a call with my partner at the time and he goes, hey, so so-and-so, the CFO, uh, I think he took like $200,000 out of my bank account and put it in the company account. I'm like, what, why would he do that? I didn't know anything about that. Nobody told me about this. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I call the CFO, I'm on Zoom with my partner. I call the CFO on the phone and I'm like, yo, so-and-so, uh, I'm on with my partner and uh, he's saying that you took about $200,000 of cash out of his account, put it in the company account because he had access to all our bank accounts. He also had like power of attorney. I mean, we're scaling up really, really quickly. Right. So there's a lot of loose ends in the business. Right. So he's like, oh, yeah, I just had to put some cash in there, you know, just to keep the book to hit payroll for the month. And I'm like, so please help me understand how the f- we just did $1.8 million last month and we got to borrow 200 grand from a founder. Mother- I'm like yelling at this dude. Yeah. Pause. And he says, and this is hilarious. Kala, 
it's not my job to make sure the company is profitable. That's the CFO. I'm like, bro, Google your title, dude. That's like, <laughs> that is je- exactly your job. That's only, that's your only job actually, <laughs> right? Uh, so I hang up with him and I'm looking at my partner. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but I'm gonna get to a bottom to the bottom of it. I called my HR manager at the time and I said, hey, I gotta fire this guy. The only question is when um, and how soon? And so we be, began formulating a plan to like get him out. Um, that conversation, so as, as I take, as I rip him out of the business and everything, what, what, and then I had to go in. So about a week later, I fire him. I finally get better optics into the finances now, because in the meantime, I brought on another team I'd already been kind of talking to, to start auditing the books. Yeah. When they came in and started auditing things, I got better look at the finances. So I had to go in, fire this dude, and then go to my office a few days later, uh, and about a week later, and I had to let go of 16 people in the office. Then I had to have a meeting in the office with everybody gathered around and you know reassure them that everything was gonna be okay <clears throat> after they just walk, watched 16 of their friends walk out, some of them in tears. So I had to tell them that everything was gonna be okay. And then around that time, uh, I had had a conversation with my business partner and I had basically said to him that like, listen, this, this, this partnership's no longer fair and equitable. You know, I mean, you're on vacation eight months of the year, out of the year, I'm on the ground. Uh, you know, I, so come <coughs> to find out in that process too, from the auditing, there was stealing. we, no, there was no stealing. So the, the guy was just so incompetent. He was just writing. I mean, I guess he thought his job was to just sign the front of checks because he was just handing oh, out checks. He was to giving anybody. away the money in all the different departments. He was Jeez. just grossly overspending everywhere. Oh, so, uh, and, and, uh, we were overpaying. Like we couldn't afford the CPA that we had originally gotten used to, mm-hmm. the five hundred dollars for a hundred dollar buyer, but we were still at around those numbers. Mm-hmm. But with the you know excess expenses in the business, with all the overhead now, that was no longer a profitable. Right, you move. were overspending. Yeah, were overcompensating. Wow. But what happened is, so check this out. So the auditing team goes in, they start you know trying to uncover whether, whether there was any malicious activity. There wasn't, but they found that my name was. Um, the guarantor on all of our merchant accounts. So in other words, like I'm personally guaranteeing the business. So if anything goes sideways, they can, the banks can all come after me. Mm. And then on top of that, they found documents showing that there was a million dollars loan taken out in my name by the CFO Mm. from three different lenders. So I had a $500,000 loan and two $250,000 loans that I was unaware of Mm. at the time because he had power of attorney. So he was able to sign off on that stuff. So he was just basically trying to cover up um, his mistakes, as far as we can tell. Right. Yeah, you would think he would have calculated at some point. I'm like, okay, I gotta stop doing this. This is where I'm messing up. Well, at. you would think. Yeah, that's like <laughs> if it were your money, you yeah, would probably do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> versus getting loans. Like, bro, you messed up yeah. that month. So, so it. the operator that he had brought, that guy had referred us the operator at the time, who was the <clears> second <throat> in command behind me. And when I had gone to that guy and finally said, like, yo, I gotta let this guy go, yeah. then he confesses that that CFO had previously bankrupted a pr- another business wow. that he had worked inside of and nobody had ever bothered to tell us that, Jeez. right? So of course he left that out of his resume and then the guy that he referred over obviously wasn't gonna tell us, hey, by the way, the guy that just referred me into your company bankrupted the last company I was working with or whatever. Wow. So yeah, it's just he was just in over his head. But that starts the conversation between my business partner and I of like, listen, I got this million dollar loan so I got, I have all, I'm the financial, I'm the guarantor on every financial risk that we have right now. I'm on the ground eight months out of the year that you're on vacation doing everything. 
when you come in for your four months, you just kind of cause chaos and pandemonium. Mm -hmm. And then I got to clean it up when you leave. Right. So this is no longer fair and equitable. So um, I need to have 85% of the shares of the company. So that, because he was an overseas partner, 85%. So I was like, I need to have at 50%. Right. So I was like, I need to have 85% shares of the company so that I can try to re you know, get a consolidation loan on this and pay a fair, pay a fair interest rate. Cause the average interest rate between those three loans is about 18%. So you're talking about like a credit card now yeah. basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And then to make matters worse, the merchants at that time, they had a hold back on our accounts. Um, because we're considered high risk. I mean, there's no credit card. I mean, there's no ID at the time of purchase and all this. Right. It, it's a digital product, blah, blah, blah. So, so they, they they had a, a rolling reserve on there. So they would close the percentage of your phone, uh, funds up and release them every 30 or 40, 60 days or whatever. Yeah, every every 90 days. Every Jeez. 90 days. So what happened is we had about $1.6 million held in reserves. But now I couldn't get it because the CFO... Uh, who when he took out the loan, he signed the reserves over as the collateral. So in other words, instead of him getting the money out of the merchants, he took a loan against the money in the merchants. And in other, so to put it differently, I borrowed a million dollars from myself at 18% interest. <laughs> and he oh my blew gosh. it. So, and he blew it. He blew it. So he was at even. Exactly. But technically you didn't have to pay that million dollars back. It was already paid. It was just locked up. It was locked up, yeah. So yeah. we had to we had to start paying. I had to keep paying on the notes mm -hmm. while we tried to get the money to be released from the merchants. And then mm -hmm. as we were releasing the money from the merchants, we were using that to pay down the, loan. the loans Jeez. because I couldn't take the money out without mm -hmm. paying down the loans. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. So where were you at mentally during all this? Were you super depressed or were you just fighting through it? He four people. <laughs> what do you mean? Bro? That's why he's here. So what happened that night? <laughs> where were you on April 30th, right. 2017? Right. Probably wanted well, to my guy. Right. So so the 16 people were they all in cahoots or they were were they one like why they were just 60 people? Yeah, because they were just excess overhead. I got, I got you. Because I was yeah. trying to turn the company around. I got you. So then um so because even more of the story, mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff I've never said publicly, so we'll yeah. see how this goes. <laughs> um, but so me and the business partner, I have a, the meeting with him and I tell him, so yeah. like, listen, I need 85% of the company. The question is not if we get there, the question is only how we get there. Right. That's it. He obviously didn't like that. So then we started to talk about like the negotiations to break up, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Eventually he got to a point where he was like, if you're gonna do that, then you, know, you need to buy me out completely. I don't wanna be a minority shareholder. Mm. So then it became which one of us was going to buy the other one out, that that whole thing. Well, as that information gets out that me and the, the co-founder are having fallout, the, I had a dev team at the time that was eight developers, one project manager who was project management slash QA because we were also trying to build our own software at the time mm -hmm. uh, and a CTO. So I had about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a month of burn rate on yep. this like software business. The CTO finds out that we're having a problem and he like resigns, doesn't even give me the two weeks. He gives me like eight days or whatever the number was. And I was like, bro, why are you going to resign? He's like, I've been here. I've been through this kind of stuff before with founders. I don't want to be here for what's going to happen next. I'm out. So I then had $130,000 of burn on the, the software business with nobody to run that business. There was no, so all the developers now have no boss, wow. right? So then I got to figure out what they have their hands on that we still need in order for us to survive and how to basically chop them out without them cutting, chopping our legs out from under us because they have access to all the servers and everything that 
you know, we're running the business. How was those nights? <clears throat> you go home and lay in a bed. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's why I asked. Like, like, where were you like, at? Where, how was those nights going home? Like, that's just a lot. That is, uh, and there, there's my my uh, my COO at the time. Uh, I didn't know he was in cahoots with my business partner at the time. Jeez. So he was feeding my business partner all the information about like how I was maneuvering on my side of the equation. Uh. So I was always wondering like, how the f did he know that I was going to do that? How did he know <laughs> I was at the gym? So, <laughs> so then I talked to one of my other buddies right. that was working with me in the business, uh, the director of media at the time. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, why don't you like, it, there's only so many people that are going to be talking to that guy. Why don't you just feed everybody a different lie and see which one comes back? Yeah. So that's what I did. And that's how I found out that my COO was stabbing me in the back. Wow. Yeah. So you fired him. He resigned because <laughs> my partner had already given him a position in another entity that he was mm -hmm. spitting up. Yeah. So um, right. at this point, the business is, is technically imploding on you. Yeah. Right. So now what now? Now. So now what's the strategy now? So um, over the next few months, mm -hmm. it was a lot of like cutting spend mm -hmm. and cutting like wasted overhead. I got rid of the office that we had. We had like a 15,000 or 12,000 square foot office mm -hmm. was costing us, I don't know, 15,000 something a month or something like this. Got rid of that, uh, cut a lot of heads, mm -hmm. um, started looking at our ad spend, started cutting down the ad spend quite a bit to like bring down this, the cost per acquisition. Mm -hmm. So we'd bring in less customers, but we'd, they'd be more profitable for right. us, right. that whole thing. It takes about three months or so for me to turn that thing back around and get us back into the black where we're like profitable again. Yeah. Now remember that's the, not bad though. The, it's not too months. bad. It yeah. gets better though. Yeah, yeah. So then remember the dev team has no oversight right now. Yeah. At some point they decided to change servers on us. So they migrate everything from one set of servers to another set of servers for whatever reason. In that migration, they missed uh, one of the IPs that was connected to our uh, email marketing. So none of our emails were delivering. But we didn't know this. Uh, all of a sudden, our customer acquisition starts dropping. I just get in. the thing turned around, and all of a sudden, customer acquisition starts dropping. The conversion rates in our funnel start dropping tremendously. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes us three weeks to identify what happened. We figure out what happened. That mistake costs another $600,000 in lost revenue. Just as I get us back to the black, the very next month, back to the red uh, again. Yeah. Um, and in uh, in a way, so my, my we had other businesses on the side mm. my partner had um basically removed me from the payment structure in another mm. business so he took about ten thousand dollars a month out of my pocket because he had he we were an affiliate for an offer that was sending us checks in the mail mm. so he had the checks redirected to him mm. and so that took 10k a month out of my pocket Jeez. then uh we were consulting with another company that was doing about a half a million a month at this time quite profitably he got on with them and kind of convinced them that i was like some evil madman that was trying to force him out of the company yeah so they turned their backs on me and cut me out of that business also not quite legally but it wasn't worth my mm -hmm. time at the, at the time to like fight that right, battle right, right. right like you can only fight a war on so many fronts absolutely so <clears throat> um it, the bright side of that is that because all of those challenges were happening in the company it was making the buyout uh it was drowning the value of the business so it was making the buyout Less. of my partner cheaper and cheaper mm -hmm. essentially right um he had a very unrealistic initially you know unrealistic expectation of what he thought that the value was of the business versus what we ran it through three different companies for them to come up with the value of the business and let's just say they were light years apart right so by us going through all those challenges and this thing dragging out his number that he's asking for keeps coming down 
And then by December of that year, <clears throat> we finally get, uh, he sends over a, a contract, an agreement that's a bit more feasible. And we are, we have two weeks of cash left in the business. Wow. So I end up signing the agreement. I take all the money that I have left to my name and give him the initial payment on that buyout agreement with the uh, additional payment being due six months later. Mm -hmm. And I ran a promo at the end of December of that year that brought in $2.2 .2 million of cash wow. by January. So it got us flush again, got us back into the black. Uh, and then I just started basically 2019. I spent that whole year cutting all, I went from 60 plus person team ish to a 12 person team in 2019. Mm -hmm. I got rid of the software company. I got rid of everything that was not the core of the business. Mm -hmm. And we just got my, my mantra to the team was like, we got to get back to, to basics. Uh, so we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. So I went down to a 12 person team. We got focused on SOPs and building a stronger foundation, uh, you know, high, building out hiring processes, um, getting clear on the direction of the business, revisiting all the finances, what can we afford to pay per customer, all these things. Mm. And over the course of 29, so 2019, we went from 21 million in 2018, we went to 10 million in 2019, mm. and then 7 million in 2020, uh, as a result of me just continuing to cut back and try to stay focused on keeping the main thing, the mm. main thing. And wow. then since then, we, so it took us a couple of years to turn that thing around after it was all Most people said would have gave up. For sure. <laughs> Most people, that's a crazy story. And that crazy. happened within six months, a six month span, all that. Yeah. That's insane. Jeez. So you got major, major trust issues with business partners now. No, man, I did a lot of work on that stuff. Yeah. Because like, I'm not going to, I don't want to let the world change me. Yeah. yeah. You, you just know? change the people that's in it. Well, that's your around. Well, yeah. a lot of it, like, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of stress. I mean, like I had to drink every night to go to bed. Bro. Like, like now. <laughs> I, only you were supposed to know this was vodka. Bro. So <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was stressful. But what, basically at the time, what I was doing, was like a lot of, uh, thankfully, I've done a lot of personal development work. I've done a lot of mindset work. I had a yeah. coach um that was working with me on that stuff during that time and so a lot of what i was doing was just trying to make was just trying to balance my perspectives on everything that was happening and see all the blessings and the curses that were taking place like seeing the benefits to the drawbacks that i was experiencing right. you know what i mean because everything in the universe is really both there's nothing that's there, there's for every benefit there's an equal drawback for every drawback there's an equal benefit because mm -hmm. everything in the universe is based on equanimity mm. but because we have perception we perceive more negative than positive or more positive than negative in our human per perception mm -hmm. which is really just imbalanced perspectives of the mind mm. so like if we say something is positive that's really just we're conscious of the benefits unconscious of the drawbacks if we call if we label something negative we're conscious of the drawbacks unconscious of the benefits mm. but to bring the mind back into balance is to make the unconscious conscious and see both and that wow. both are you know happening at the same time so a lot of what I was doing was like all the emotional charges that I had about my partner, I would sit with my coach and I would list like all my judgments of him. Like, so let's say I, I you know, was perceiving him as being selfish. Then I want to look at my life. Okay. Where in my life have I been selfish? And I want to own all the traits right. so that I can see that I'm not better than him or greater than him. He's not less than he's not greater than, but that, you know, I'm the, everything that I'm judging, is also what I am. Wow. That's right. a crazy way to look at it. Well, 
Yeah, that's because he saw himself projecting on others, and then yeah. he realized, oh, what, what what am I doing in my life that's causing me to think that way? Right. Right. Well, it's, yeah. So what we judge about others is really what he, we disown about he, ourselves. He he stopped being a victim and started to be a, uh, understand that he was a participant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he removed himself from my oh, this happened to me to where it's like, how did I miss these things and how how was what was my involvement in in all this? Right. Because technically, you know, the birds of a feather is a true thing. You know, so. You Fair basically kind of hang around mere images of yourself, mm. right? Or where you lack, right? Right. The other part of it, like to your point about like having trust issues, is some of the stuff that I've learned over the years is like, whatever we judge, we attract, create, or become. So, if I were to go through that whole experience and at the end of it, be judging that it was negative, that it was bad, mm. that you know partnerships are, are evil that you know nobody can be trusted if i were to live with those judgments i'm going to attract more of those experiences into my life mm. to wake me up to that illusion mm. right right so in other words when we don't learn the lesson that's to be learned we repeat the lesson over and over and over again until we learn it mm. and i don't want to live my life le learning the same lessons over and over and over again i want to evolve to new lessons right because right. as we evolve to new challenges that's basically what evolution is. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to walk away from that experience without all having all of the additional baggage. Right. I'm not going to say that that was easy. I mean, initially I was fuck. I don't know if I'll ever have a partnership again, mm -hmm. right. but today I have six nice, you know, all profitable. Right. So that's great. Uh, I was able to walk away with that without it becoming baggage that I carried into my future. Plus sense. what it did too on a, positive note was one keeps you on your toes Two, you start to pay attention to signs mm -hmm. you kind of know something's not right you know versus like allowing the ship to sink and then underwater like who's who sunk the ship mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> yeah. you know you kind of see it before it's coming in a sense and you're able to read people better so your partners are actually probably way better than right your, your last ones my partnership agreements wiser, are yeah. a lot stronger yeah. as a result of that so like mm -hmm. what i learned about like we didn't have to go back and forth in lawsuits yeah. we could have had other things in our mm -hmm. operating agreement that would have prevented that so my partnerships are based on like stronger contracts mm -hmm. that right. prevent a lot of that drama and yes you know picking better characters yeah. to work with yeah. uh all of those things being and, and really at the end of the day i would mm -hmm. say as challenging as that experience was, if I had it all to do over again, I would want it to play out exactly the way that it played out. Like I'm wow. grateful for exactly yeah. how it happened. I mean, people go to school for years to learn what I learned over the course of, you know, an eight month catastrophe. So that was my master's degree in business. Yeah. Right. I would say that's the true triumph of a or definition of an entrepreneur. Exactly what he just broke down in experience mm. is what entrepreneurship is. It's adapting, it's learning. Right, it's pivoting, also, and then it's maneuvering through the bush. You got to re-strategize, um, revisit the business model. You have to change that. Yep. You have to. It's entrepreneurship is is such an intricate thing when it comes to the person who's actually the actual entrepreneur. And most people only yeah, see the a lot of people can handle it. Ferraris and the, and the Lambs and the Cullinans, but they don't actually <laughs> see like. Yeah, it's what I had to go through. They see the fantasy side of it, but yeah, not like the dark side of it. Well, that's you know? what that's all it's selling. And entrepreneurship is a lot dark. Uh, it's a yeah, lot more dark days than there are. There's a balance. People that, see the yeah. glamour, but there's that, yeah, and that's all they're chasing. Yeah. Sleepless nights. With yeah, a lot of times these days, to be honest, mm -hmm. like you know, you'll see people on the come up. Yeah, you know, um, and some fairly popular characters in the industry. But I really 
have a hard time taking an entrepreneur seriously unless they've been through their first war. Mm-hmm. Like if they haven't been through war, they're not battle tested yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And when everything is good and easy and the markets are all up and everybody's easy. winning, yeah, it's easy, easy to feel yeah. like you got the Midas touch, yeah. right? 100%. But when it, when it all comes crashing down, um, how do you rise up out of the ashes? Yeah. That's the real entrepreneur. How do you pivot? Easily, yeah. yeah. Man, what's next for you? These days, I mean, we're most, so right now, uh, we still have the coaching business. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the primary business. Yeah. Um, oh, we my, didn't even get, really get, get into that story. We didn't even hear his awesome. story. Your story was so, so tell us about the coaching business quite, right? quick before. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> uh, we're teaching people affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. That's the primary business right now. Yeah. Um, and we do that through um, online courses mm-hmm. and then there's like a mentorship program. Gotcha. So we actually just revamped that. So now it's a 60 week, six zero. It's a 60-week program with 12-week mm. modules. So okay. it's five 12-week modules. First is a tutoring module where we get their whole business set up, mm. and then they work with my master trainers uh, for 12-week segments on gotcha. four core components of building the business. Uh, and then <clears throat> uh, as an aside to that, uh, so my philosophy is that like su- success is the marriage of skill set and mindset, right? Um, so if, you have, if you're greatly skilled, but you don't have the confidence, the clarity, the vision... Uh, all the different things that go into like truly being successful, it feels like a nightmare. You wake up every day knowing that you could do better than the person out there actually accomplishing, but you're actually not getting the result. Yeah. And then mindset, a lot of the kumbaya stuff out there, lighting candles, you know, um, making vision boards and a lot of this stuff, like that's all cool. But if you don't have a valuable skill set to offer to the marketplace, no money's going to show up, mm-hmm. right. you know? So we also have a personal development business, um, that we've been building on the side. Uh, so we take our clients and we also, we also promote our personal development classes, their live event mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also promote those. And then uh, just la- no, March of this year, no, what month is this, bro? Are we in That's June? a common entrepreneur. What day is <laughs> yeah. it, bro? What June, day? it's June 23rd. It's June. Yeah. So last month, May, I closed on a 322-acre ranch wow. that we'll be using for the- um, Where? Texas? East Texas, yeah. Nice. It's in a little town called Pittsburgh, Texas, about two hours east of DFW. Mm. Sounds sick. Um, but we close Damn, on that, and that's like for us to do the, the higher level retreats yeah. for those classes. That's where we'll be able to do that now. So we should hopefully be breaking ground on that in the next like three months. Nice. And be able to have our first class on that property, hopefully in 12 months from today. So that's exciting. Next June. And where can they find the course at? That, there's like really not much information about that okay. online. I mean, InspirionX.com okay. um, is I-N-S-I-P-I-R-E-A-N-X.com. Mm-hmm. But um, there's not really much information there because mm-hmm. we're not like even opening it up to uh, cold traffic yet. Mm-hmm. It's just all of our existing customers right. going through those classes gotcha. as well. Okay. But when you ask like what's next, my more, my more passion project is that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really want to build that. I'll probably never sell that company. That's like my legacy play. Mm. Uh, and so I want to build something that will be around 100 years after I'm gone. Wow. Gotcha. That's Hopefully. hard to do. Yeah. It's powerful. Man, KL, it's been a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless. Like, yeah. No, that story was Yeah, that story crazy. was I was locked in. I don't like, even man. know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wayne, uh, you got anything? No, nah, um, you guys continue on, continue to believe in yourself and always know that the best investment is yourself. Absolutely. I agree. I've never gotten a better investment than that, actually. Right. Yeah. Can't be yourself. Thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you next time. Peace.